testing this microphone here. Whoop, that's too loud. Hope so. <laughs> Let me just play back on my side so I can actually hear this. Test, test. Okay. Um, wow, there's <laughs> there were like 12 of you, and now there are um, seven of you. <laughs> I've got a face for radio. <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, this is actually going to be a podcast and a live stream, and I was hoping that based on... So right now I have two microphones. I've got <laughs> this one, and then I've got um, this one here. And because uh, you're listening to me on this one, and the podcast will go on this one. <laughs> I don't know. So I thought I'd answer some questions, maybe talk a bit about writing season. Uh, I just got finished updating my... Um, um, my wanderings page on adventure rider where I do like, you know, all of the rallies I'm going to this year and the, the, and then after each rally, I'll post pictures and video and I keep like canceling them because of the COVID-19 shit that's going on. So like I just added another one. So frosty nuts and, um, it will go state park in Vermont is canceled. So that means like the first five things this year that I was going to go to are now canceled. Uh, and that's, you know, obviously in the grand scheme of things, that's not really a big deal. Rallies being canceled is like quite possibly the least of our issues in the world right now. But, uh, you know, I, I did want to kind of mention that I'm a little bummed because I like seeing everyone in person doing this on the internet is so weird. Um, so it looks like uh, BB-8's here. Uh, Rich is here. Uh, Radu is here. Thanks for uh, dropping by. Um yeah, everyone, everyone's. Bit, I don't even know why I'm doing this at 9:30 p.m. It's just things are crazy right now, right? That the 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 working from home thing. If you have the privilege of doing that, uh, really fucks. Sorry, screws with your schedule. And uh, I'm trying to curse because I know that people have families and stuff. Um, and and so and then there's people that are furloughed or are jobless. Man, what a crazy freaking time we're living in right it's just it's madness um and i was telling my girlfriend i mean look on the bright side at least we don't have like foreign military walking down our street with like tanks and and guns and stuff like, we're not being invaded by a by a, a a militaristic force um but you know the 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 silence the silent nature of this is what makes it um scary truly um so let's talk about bikes for a little bit maybe we'll go back to COVID-19 for a second if, if that's where the conversation takes us uh, but do let me know if the levels are too low on the live stream because I'm looking at the real-time levels on the podcast microphone and it's it looks good enough for for me as a non-professional um yeah so oh my god the k-bike um there's two more videos queued up to go live um one tonight I think so. And one tomorrow. Um, what a crazy fun build. And, and I, man, I mean, everything's already been said in the videos about the actual build itself, but the whole, you know, I'm, I'm not someone that has like a really, um, long attention span and to take that bike from, you know, literally on the 18th of December, 2018 messaging a guy on adventure rider saying, I want your bike. And then, the like literally something like biblical happened because it was like zero degrees. And then all of a sudden I said, I can't, he's like, I, I'll only sell it to you this price. If you can come get it like this weekend. And I'm, 
you know, obviously 700 miles away in New Hampshire. And, uh, I looked at the flight prices and they were crazy, but then like, dude, it's winter time. And then for some reason, like I wait a day and the forecast for Saturday was like high of 68 randomly right in, in Massachusetts. So I, uh, the flight was like $80. I went down there and I got the bike, I rode it home. And as soon as I left the guy's house, I was like, this, this bike doesn't fit me. <laughs> I don't, I cannot, I can't get my knees in this bike. I was cramped. The seat was too far forward. I couldn't, I actually sat on the pillion seat a little bit to get home. Uh, no cruise control. The, the, the grips were like just sun bleached and dry and hard. So I had these huge calluses on my hands. Um, the fuel economy was bad because it just, it just been sitting for so long that I was just, I was only getting like 150 miles to a five and a half gallon tank on a K bike. Um, just, you know, just really not a fun ride home, you know, and going, going over the GW bridge, um, in New York city with shocks that were, you know, manufactured in 1993, uh, and sprung for a guy that was 50 pounds less than me, you know, just like boom, boom, boom. And then, and then having to break in traffic, having no break. I'm like, this, this bike is a piece of shit. Um, and then to take it home and like strip it down and, and go through that whole process, brand new bike, just going through the manual. There's not really a lot of YouTube resources. Um, yeah, the whole thing, you know, a year and a half basically of getting that bike done. And, uh, it's, it, you know, I've ridden it every single day since Saturday cause it's just, it's just fun. Um, so, and I'm so glad it's blue and not some boring color like black. Um, Oh, so BB-8 wants to talk about the the pipes on the R18. <laughs> uh, so he says, so the, so BMW um, announced the um, they 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 shut off the production version and and opened up pre-sales for the uh, 1800cc Boxer Cruiser that's supposed to be hitting shores like in September. Um, bye, uh, Ryder's leaving. He has he says he's uh, works in a hospital and he has to start a shift soon. Uh, be safe. Thank you and and um, you know. Be, be careful. And I appreciate you dropping by. Um, yeah, the, the, um, the thing's supposed to, and I, someone from some dealership had said, or some guy that knows someone that BMW marketing and said that like the first shipment's only like 186 bikes and they're all basically sold or pre-sold or, you know, allocated, um, which, you know, that's not very many bikes. So I'm not that surprised. There's, there's the collectors and the weirdos that just want to have the very first, um, but it was, it was put out, you know, as a reveal, I think it was on Friday. Um, I had a moment of like lapse of judgment where I almost put down $500 towards one and I decided not to, cause I know for a fact that, um, once the initial hype is over with, um, I think people are going to buy them. And they're not going to ride them as much as you you think they would ride a, a boxer motor, which can go for a hundred thousand miles, um, and they're going to sell it two or three years in under warranty for like cheap. So I don't think I'm going to buy one new. I would like to have one. Um, I you know I'm not even a cruiser person per se, but I'm a BMW person and a boxer person, and um, and so you know. And I think that it's going to be um, a really fun around town bike. Heather made a great point, uh, my girlfriend, which is there's there's really no reason to get one. And she she's very you know, she's very understanding of the hobby. And it's not just a typical like wife girlfriend saying. 
there's no reason to get one. I think she's right that the the R18 is just too much overlap with um, with other bikes at this point. Um, and it, it's massive. It's like 750 pounds. So um, knowing where to put it, I, I'm not really a polished chrome kind of person. So you know, I'm not. I'm probably not going to take care of it the way someone would that would covet it and keep it in the garage and like take it out on beautiful, you know, dry Sundays, um, June, July, August, and that's it. So I, I don't quite. I don't quite know where it fits. But if I got a good deal on one, um, I would totally buy one and put it somewhere. I just don't know where. Um, there there aren't that many bikes that are like that for me right now. Um, the R18, man, it's just, it's, it's not even, it's not even about the power or lack thereof. It's, it's the, um, by the way, we need more questions in the chat. I'm getting on a tangent here. It's about the, the design of it. I think it's gorgeous. I think it's classic. I think it's modern yet classic. Has a great heritage vibe to it. Has those big jugs on either side. It is air cooled. Um, but it's not true air cooled because it has an oil cooler. So yeah, sure. It's air cooled, but it's not a traditional like our bike that's air cooled. Um, there is an oil radiator at the lower part there. So it's more akin to the oil cooled, uh, boxers than air cooled boxers. Uh, it has the awesome, like, you know, exhaust, uh, uh, holders on top of the heads. Um, it has, you know, obviously lots of accessories. Uh, I configured one on the BMW website. They've taken the pricing down from their configurator. I wish I had taken screenshots because when I added an R18 and then I added the premium package and the first edition package, it was like $21,000, which fine, that's whatever. Um, but then when I added a windscreen for $2,200 and then I added bags for $1,500 and then I added a seat and a backrest for $2,400, uh, and then I added crash bars for 600 and then leg rest for like an additional 600, $31,000 for an R18 in touring mode. Like, holy shit. There's no way they're going to charge. Well, there's no way people are going to spend $2,200 on a windscreen. Um, but that was the price that BMW had listed on their website on, uh, on Friday. Um, obviously, companies like Sargent and uh, National Cycle, V-Stream, uh, Puig, Puig, um, you know, all, there's tons of companies that are going to build aftermarket accessories for this thing. There's no point in buying the BMW ones unless you're looking for some kind of resale value or if you're the kind of person that just wants the, the dealer to put all this stuff on there before you drive off at zero miles. Um, I, I, I love the bike. I do. And there's not really a lot of bikes that actually I want right now. Um, there, there's not a lot out there that that's, that's singing to me that I'd like to have. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's a an inkling of a change where I want to ditch the beta and go with a KTM 500, uh, which I know a lot of people will tell me don't do it, but I want to. Um, or 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 better yet, you know, keep the beta and go for like a 690 or 790 um, as as go between between the, the the enduro and the big GS, um, and that would mean the K75 would kind of remain as a a commuter bike. Uh, and the, the 690-790 would be the overnight woods bike. The Beta would be the single track bike. You know, that would be kind of the, the escalation from like a 500cc to 690 to um, 750 to um, 1200. And then I guess R18. But at that point, I, I need to like buy a second home to put all these bikes in. Anyway, um, Steve says uh, there'll be plenty for sale in two years once the uh, DR or DDS get bored. 
and want the new. Oh, doctors and dentists get bored and want the new. <laughs> Seriously, if you go on Psycho Trader, well, the problem with Harley resales, and this is just me who looks at a lot of Psycho Trader listings, and I'm sure many of you do, a lot of guys that are Harley owners severely overvalue what their bikes are worth. You know, they list like stage seven tune and like straight exhaust and, you know, custom American flag and naked lady uh, ink on the back of the bike and, you know, bitch fell off sticker and stuff like that. You know, that each of these adds like $4,000 to the resale value. No, it doesn't. But you, you see all these like Harleys that were like 30 grand new and the guys want 29 for them after five years. Um, I don't think the R18 is going to have that sort of... Uh, Unless unless it it fails miserably and they only sell a thousand of them, like the R twelve hundred C from ten years ago or fifteen years ago, um, and and you know it, it ends up becoming a collector's item. But yeah, I, I think I think Steve's right. I really think that you know there's going to be on Cycle Trader about a dozen of these nationally in the first twelve months with like five hundred miles on them, and there's going to be about thirty or forty of them used in three years on Cycle Trader. Um, with like less than 5,000 miles on them, which is nothing for a boxer. Um, and all the work will be done at the dealership and they'll probably have extended warranties added to them and they'll probably have all the mods that you're going to want anyway. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, I think it's going to be, um, really, really exciting to get one of these used and uh, not pay. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's going to be like in three years, a $12,000 bike or less, with like insanely low miles somewhere. And I'm always willing to fly somewhere and, and drive it home. Um, case in point, the, the K75. Um, uh, oh, uh, ride hard, stay hard. <laughs> I'm going to read all your, you guys can call yourselves the most ridiculous names and I'm going to read it. Uh, so ride hard, stay hard says, will they build the R18 slash two? Oh my God. Oh, Mr. Hard. Oh, this, the R18 slash two concept is freaking oh my god it's gorgeous isn't that a beautiful bike it's this like uh, you know the, the the red i don't even know how to explain it it's like it's this, this red orange color uh has the, the the good exhaust it's not like crazy kidney whale blue whale sperm back thing um it looks good the r18 slash 2 concept is absolutely and here's the thing look at the r9t the r9t came out 17 grand for the regular like standard R9T and they put out the scrambler for like 13 then they put out a pure for like 11 which is like really bastardized down with shitty suspension and like really small brakes and like just a basic uh, uh, tachometer stuff like that to get the price down and they put out the R9T racer which didn't sell very well and now they have the urban GS which is like an R9T, R9T pure with a scrambler windscreen and um, the, the color style and the high exhaust you know, I, I think that we're going to see like the R18 take a similar progression where you already spent all this money building this R18, put out the bobber, put out the the, the touring bike, put out the straight cruiser. You know, I, I think we're going to see tr- a lot of trims. And the reason why the paint thing is so um, limited is just because you know, they don't know how many they're going to sell. So let's just see how many they sell in black. And if it does really well, they'll start adding other ones. You know, a blue or red R18 would be awesome. Um, yeah, agreed. Um, Rich. Oh, yeah. V-Strom 1050. You know, I don't, I haven't, I haven't ridden a V-Strom 
and I've I've ridden a Super Tenere. I've, I've ridden a lot of those kind of bikes, but I haven't ridden, and I've ridden Africa, Africa Twin, but I've not ridden a V-Strom. I'm sorry. Um, when Heather was bike shopping, you know, that she was looking at a 1050, but when she was motorcycle shopping, it was cool for me too to go and like, it's fun to go bike shopping when you have no desire to actually purchase a bike for yourself. There's no pressure. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And I think we, she sat on a V-Strom, a Wee-Strom, and uh, it was still too tall for her, which is a bummer. Uh, BB-8 says, the K-Bike needs to be louder. I proudly have a stock exhaust. Um, yeah, just proudly. Uh, I, I can't... I the 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 spoiler of this stream is going to be um, that I'm actually getting rid of the Acra header off the GS. I went last Saturday. I went on a ride into the White Mountains of New Hampshire, and by like mile 150, uh, my ears were ringing, and I'm wearing earplugs. Um, in fact, the first half of the day, I broke one of my cardinal rules, and I actually put in my Shure SE 535s, which are uh, sound isolating uh, earphones that musicians use, isolators, and they grab it to hear really deep, and they have a custom mold, um, and I've got those in connected to a Bluetooth dongle to listen to things, and I did that because the bike is so loud, I can't even hear my music anymore. Um, this is the R1200GS with the titanium Acra header and the titanium Acra um, uh, silencer muffler, whatever, and that combination, the, the resonance of the titanium um, transfers into my foot pegs, my knees, and my handlebars, and it's 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 so much vibration and it's so much noise. Like third three thousand to forty five hundred RPMs is like just awful. Um, by like mile two hundred on that Saturday, I was really miserable. Um, and then I changed over to my regular earplugs because my sure uh, Bluetooths died. And uh, oh my god, I mean I. I'm just not a loud pipes kind of person, I think. So um, if someone wants to buy a titanium Acra header, it's coming off next week. It's just uh, covered in mud right now because of the the riding we were doing earlier. Um, what are you seeing here? Oh, uh, Komodo. And I, I assume you're the same guy on Adventure Rider with the Colorado um, avatar. Uh, loves his Harley-Davidson, but happy to see some high-end competition with BMW. Me too. Um Although I really would like to get on a victory at some point or a triumph and, and ride one of those. But, you know, I, I, I definitely – or Indian, sorry, Indian, not not victory. Victory is gone. Indian. Um, but, no, I, 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 if you look at some of the – they're all conceptual. If you look at some of the um, upcoming bikes, you know, just the sketches from Harley-Davidson and what they're doing with some of the flash, flat track-inspired bikes, it's like they're – I'm excited I would love to see them do something that's not a V-twin, um, which I know sounds insane. That's their DNA. But I'd love to see a, 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 like almost like BMW did where they took the R-bike and they went you know, with the K-series with an inline triple um, liquid-cooled ABS, you know, modern electronics. Um, and, of course, the BMW purists like denounced the K-75 when it came out um, and didn't really buy many of them. I think that that would happen with Harley, but it's almost like putting a stake in the ground of saying, if you want a V-twin, we have like 25 models of these things. Uh, but if you want a new thing, because that's the thing about the Pan America and the, um, is it the Daytona, not Daytona, uh, the other thing they got going on, the, the Gotham or whatever it's called. And then also the the flat track kind of mock-ups they're doing. Like, you know, they all had the same V-twin shoved into them. The 107 or 114 is just shoved in. Like, it's, 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 you know, even even BMW, you know, has 
five different motors, right? The the, the 310 um, to the 750, 850, 900, which are all the same motor with different displacements and bores. And then you've got the 1250, and then you've got the K16, and you've got the R18. I mean, that's, you know, and the S1000s. I mean, you've got a whole line of motors there affixed to different kinds of riding styles. And I wish BMW would get a little more diverse with their, the Bronx. Thank you, uh, Mr. Hard. Uh, I wish Dayton, uh, um, uh, Harley would do that same kind of thing. I don't know shit about cruisers, so I'm, I'm speaking on my ass. Um, sorry, I was reading comments. Oh, Case, I'm so sorry. I just read your thing about favorite place to ride in Vermont. Um, wow. On or off road? On road, um, the notch, the notches tour. There's, I think, six, five or six notches um, that go through central Vermont. And they are, um, it, it's great riding, awesome riding. You're not going to see a lot of people, especially if you go earlier in the morning. Um, you've got the dew coming off the ground. You've got great picturesque views in the mounds. You've got lots of pull-off spots to have, have food and chat with your friends. Um, fortunately, you can't chat too close to your friends right now, but you know we're talking about later in the year. Um, I also love going up into um, Island Pond, Vermont, and kind of going north from there into the northeast kingdom of Vermont. Um, but that's that's going to be dirt roads, you know, not trails, but just unpaved primary roads. Uh, but Island Pond into Greensboro, Glover, Danville area, um, great riding up there. That's where the BMW Vermont Club does our um, our Northeast Kingdom camp and ride. Um, yeah, that's pretty. You know, Vermont 100 is never a bad place to start. Uh, it's a great road that covers a lot of ground. Uh, there's also a road I can't use two hands right now. Um, that's what she said. Um, that crosses east to west. I'm going to pull up my screen here. We'll, uh, we'll go to my other view here. Boom. Um, forgive me. Zooming out here. Um, yeah, it's, it's this one. There's 100 that goes north to south to Rochester. Um, and if you're trying to go over to... There's Virgin's. Sorry, I'm like drawing a blank here. I promise I'll find it in a second. There's an east to west road. Why am I not seeing it? Is there one here? Yeah, 125. It's Vermont 125 that goes over the Green Mountains. Um, it really picturesque view. It drops you right into Middlebury. Uh, and then from there, you can head north of Virginia. There's a really nice place there called... Um, uh, it's a coffee shop. It's ran by these this French couple, and they're only open like four months out of the year because they, they vacation like no other I've ever met. Um, but yeah, that, that whole area there, 125 and 100 are, are two great roads. And then up into Danville, and then um, obviously the Notches Tour is kind of in that area too. I'm going back to my other screen. Uh, okay, so I hope that answered your question, but if you ever come to Vermont um, and this COVID-19 is behind us, you know, send me a message and we can we can ride together. Um. Yeah, I, I think I think Komodo. You know, when it comes to the exhaust notes, I think it's a personal thing. Um, you know, I I think that, like, even with my car, I don't have it straight piped. Um, I kept the catalytic converter intact. I kept the muffler intact, but removed the resonator. Um, I just don't. I'm just not a big fan of super loud anything. I think, and it's just a personal preference, and it's why the R18 is so, um. That's the only hesitation I have about an R18, really. Um, 
you know, there's the writing position topic that I mentioned on Adventure Rider the other day, but really I think my biggest thing is I'd like to be able to ride a couple hundred miles in the R18. I'm actually concerned it's going to be too loud, and that's something that I'm worried about because uh, the kind of buyers that want that bike would like a loud motorcycle. So, um, yeah, I think I think BBA and I are in agreement. We, we can't wait to see the YouTube videos of guys taking – uh, Harley Pan America is down like GS roads. Uh, like I want to see like the Idaho BDR on a Pan America. And I want to see that like over like a seven part video series. Um, just, just, I just want to see how well it does. And the, the, the build quality, you know, picking it up over and over again, starting it over and over again, stalling it, um, just beating the shit out of it. I just want to see that video, not because I expect it or want it to fail because I just want to see, um, how well Harley has done and how if they've built a bike that is a Starbucks bike or if it's truly going to be a bike that like we can take to to you know the top of the world and back so I'm really looking forward to like the Pan America in action um, and, I, and I, I really want Harley to succeed at it seriously and, and that kind of goes off to um, Steve's question about you know the Pan America selling uh, he doesn't think it's going to I I think, I think there's some some pent up demand, and this is based on me being, like, a hundred percent in the GS community, where um, there there's a pretty clear division for GS riders, uh, and there's a very large growing section of GS owners that have um, that are Harley defectors, that were Harley guys true and true, and they pretty much always say the same thing. And this isn't me bashing on HD at all or hog riders or whatever. But the, the, what they tell me almost universally is that the they wish they had bought like a BMW bike or a GS earlier in life because they they you know they love the GS compared to their their V twin and most of them still have the cruiser in the garage uh, but they're now primarily riding GSs and I think that if if Harley gets it right and again it all depends on that that you know them using the same engine you know what's what's the convert what's the if you're looking at this from like a, a, a um, uh, an attrition sort of standpoint, how many Harley purists that spend 30 grand every three years or five years on a bike, uh, or let's say 20 grand, that are at risk for defecting over to a GS or an Africa Twin or a, uh, a 1290 Super Adventure, that is Harley going to reduce that attrition by making the Pan America? And if they are able to reduce, you know, uh, 5,000 people per year from defecting to another brand, I think that would be the, the biggest selling point for Harley is is not necessarily adding more individuals to the Harley fold, but keeping their Harley riders from defecting to the other brands that are adventure bikes. Um, and so, and also I'm curious what Harley's going to do with the Pan America clothing. Are they going to like copy climb seam for seam or are they going to do something different with um, textiles? That'll be pretty cool to see too. Uh, sorry, taking a quick drink. Um, uh, Thomas, I'm so sorry. I don't understand the reference for Fern Creek. So if you could clarify, I'll um, I'll get back to you. Uh, maybe it was a Vermont comment. Um, and I, actually, if it is, I don't. I've never been to Fern Creek before. Um, Doug, hey, good to see you. Um, nice, thanks for dropping by. Uh, curious on thoughts of canceling any motorcycle rallies or trips this year. 
Well, I mentioned this. So on the um, on the wanderings and and rides page, let me just open that up in a separate window here. Oops, I spelled wanderings wrong. Okay, let me switch over to either page here. So um, hopefully you can see this. Okay. So you know what we're at right now is I, and I keep this page up. So anyone that likes to that would like to kind of um, um, see what's going on or know what's happening, or maybe if you're in New England, you're looking for a rally to go to. I keep a list of all the things I'm going to, and I go to pretty much all of them uh, unless there's overlap. Then I have to pick one. So if you see here, um, you know, luckily the the BDR film premiere at Dartmouth happened right before Dartmouth Hitchcock Hospital um, closed large group outings. Um, we have. Um, you know, the first two, three, four events of the year, no, five events of the year canceled due to COVID-19. And a lot of this is, um, you know, there are some administrative decisions that go on. A lot of it is just state law. Like, for example, Frosty Nuts was just canceled today because uh, Vermont's not opening their state parks yet. They're saying, you know, we're not having people come to the state parks, especially Wilgus. So therefore, Frosty Nuts was canceled. Um, you know, and some of them are administrative. Like the Triumph Rally, they're just like, we just don't think it's safe to do it in May. In May. Um, so the only thing still on my candle uh, uh, schedule, Doug, is the May 2nd through 14th. Uh, Adam does a BDR by himself and puts the entire world at risk trip. I, I think it's a little too premature to talk about that one publicly, um, other than telling you that I'm about 75% sure I'm going to not do it. Um, please refrain from giving me the whole wrath of the internet. Just know that I'm taking a lot of things into consideration on this trip. Um, and, and, I will tell you guys that I've been in my house now from, uh, you know, from um, since the like the ninth or tenth of March, um, and my work doesn't go back until June fourth. So um, you know, obviously I'm getting really antsy, and uh, and I know we're all in this together. But I'd like to get out of the house for a little bit, and so this is still on the table at about a one out of four chance. But it, it's not it's not uh, for sure it's going to happen, if that makes sense. Um, Hope that answers your question. But but I think, you know, to, to sort of comment more about the the whole rallies thing, I mean, I was just on a call, maybe I shouldn't say this, I was just on a call with the um, BWMOA uh, regional coordinators. We do a monthly session, and that's obviously one of the big topics, which is, hey, what about Montana this year? You know, are we still doing Montana? And I know that it's still on. There's no changes. I know that there's, um, you know, some, some um, talk about, you know, sponsors not being able to make it out. Sponsors that aren't in the, the the western part of the country, not being able to make it out to Montana for business reasons, because they'll just be getting back online of because the people that go to those rallies that sell you seats and sell you lights and stuff like that, the same people that are assembling them and building them in the U.S. So you've got someone like from um, from uh, I don't know Clearwater Lights, right? You know they're packing up and they're going across country, but they're also shut down right now and not in business. So it's like you know as soon as they come back online. Um, they're not going to now go across country to a rally. Well, maybe they are, uh, and I'm not using them. They they, they weren't mentioned in the conversation. I'm seeing as, as an example. You know, these are companies that are thinking about you know, not going to Montana, um, and I'm sure a lot of people are thinking that too. Um, and and we can't ignore the fact that demographically, you know, BMW riders are a little older, um, so you don't want to have you know five thousand people um, in a, in a close space together for four days. It's just I I think it's pretty irresponsible um, in general, not just the BMW um, uh, association, but every, you know for anyone. So um, I think that as long as the curve isn't flattened, all events should be off, 
And once the curve is flattened, um, there needs to be, you know, on the individual level deciding whether you want to go or not. And I think that what ended up happening is if a rally organizer still decides to do a rally, um, despite the rest of the world being kind of shut down, they should be prepared to face the the blunt brunt of lost ticket sales, poor attendance, et cetera. So if, if having a rally, and this is just MOA, this is any, any, any group, if having a rally is more, is, is, is worth it for losing money, be my guest. But, uh, I don't think, you know, this year rally is going to be very well attended, which sucks. But, um, there, like I said earlier, there are way bigger problems in the world right now. Um, yeah, so Siyamoto mentioned that the the engine is what's going to make or break the bike for the Pan America, and BB-8 mentioned the weight. What does this thing? What does the Pan America weigh? Because um, I know the the R18, which is not an adventure bike, the R18 weighs like 750 pounds. I know I put my GS Adventure on a scale and it came in at um, 670, 670 pounds. That's with panniers that were empty. Um, 670 was my scaled weight, and it was on one of those kind of truck scales. Um, so these are heavy bikes. I think the Pan America is going to be around that, but that's before mods and luggage. Uh, Doug said, last bike was a 2015 Road Glide Special. Three other Harleys before that, and this is his seventh BMW and 24th overall bike. Love the platform, and now we'll never own anything else but a GS. I I love my bike. I, I don't know if I'll... I think I'll... You know, me and BB-8 were talking about this, and, and he and I are doing a a, a a virtual YouTube collaboration tomorrow. Um... You guys should subscribe to him. He has some pretty good content. Um, he and I were talking about that too, which is I think he and I are always going to have a boxer in our garage, you know, and that that that's just going to be the reality. And then whatever else comes and goes, that's fine. But like the GS is going to be our primary bike, and I feel really strongly about that. Um, you know, I've always wanted a Goldwing. I've always wanted a K16. Um, you know, now I have the K75. You know, those, these bikes are expensive and it might be hard at some point to make that decision between keeping a GS and trying something different, but we'll cross the road when I get to it. I think the key for me is just not having kids. <laughs> um, let's see. Steve switched from a Speed Triple and Bonneville to a GS. Um, some of his Harley friends are coming along. His or hers. I guess Steve, I guess you're a guy. Um, <laughs> not even thinking of waiting for the Pan America. Um and Doug said, I don't normally look at um, that page of ADV as trusting others doing. Um, yeah, there, there's um, there, there's the the rally thing. I, I There's a couple things this year that, I, well, there's a few things I'm, I'm, I'm doing. So um, I'm, I'm doing the Ride It Forward charity ride for... Um, it's a good cause. It's uh, Chad Warner, who is a BMW MOA board member, but he's doing this thing for charity, for local charities. Um, uh, it was supposed to be June 15th. It's been moved back to September, uh, but it's it's going to be a lot of fun. They're, they're doing them like all over the country, and you you give like 5 or $10, and you get breakfast and a T-shirt, and then you go on a group ride, and it's a street-only ride. Um you know the the dealerships are actually going to be doing the the rides, you know, coordinating the the, 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 the map um, route, sorry, having a brain fart there. So I was doing that. I'm helping promote the one for New Hampshire. Um, I'm also running the green mountain rally this year for the Vermont club. Um, we sell out every year. Last year we sold out, even though we added like 50 more seats. I know a few of you went to that. That may not happen. Um, the BMW MOA is rescheduled the first three getaways for 2020. 
Um, the getaway that I'm ha- I'm hosting is the one in Vermont in September. I think it's in uh, Warren, Vermont, like third week of September. Um, so I'm I'm doing that one, and that and the Green Mountain Rally are still kind of going according to plan. But I mean, September just seems like not that far away considering how shitty things are getting in the world. So um, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're we're looking at like a you know a whole year of just attendance optional for these rallies. Um, you know, bring your own food, bring your own hand sanitizer, um, big bonfire, stay six feet apart, and um, geez, it's just you know it's it's, it's going to be a weird year. Uh, oh, GS Giants. So um, that's going to be. It's the same weekend as the Northeast Kingdom Camp and Ride for Vermont's BMW Club. I'll post a link here in the chat for you. Um, I've never been to a GS Giants event. I have, um, um, I'm a member obviously for the past few years, but I haven't, you know. So it's in Colebrook, Connecticut, eight six or eight nine. Uh, at Rock Lobster, no, it's called Rock Lobster. Sorry. Um, I really hope that it still happens. Uh, food, no food. Uh, sorry, registration is open. Yeah, you can you can go to the website now and buy a ticket, which I will do as soon as this um, this call is over. Because um, I I went to the MOV Net Camp and Ride a couple years in a row. It's a great event, but I've wanted to go to a GS Giants event for a while. Um, uh, was it named Rob? Is it named Rob that does that? Um, he's really involved. He did a lot with Dirt Days last year, so I think it's good to support his stuff. I think it's at his place. Yeah, Rob Nye. I think it's like at his house or something. Anyway. Um, I'm talking to my ass again. Uh, I'll I'll definitely go to that if it's not canceled. <laughs> um, anything else before we wrap it up? Um, I you know I'm I'm I've been riding every day the last seven days. I I don't like these live streams because it feels so one sided. I want to see you guys as well, <laughs> as opposed to just, just staring at myself on a webcam. Um, the um, the K bike is brilliant. I love it. Um, the beta is going to be going off to on Friday. I tow it to Whitehall, New York again. Um, this time, well, there's there's a couple of issues. The first one that he mentioned to me back in July of last year, the the dealership, was that my um count, is it counter shaft seal? Is that what it is? Is my first chain bike, so I didn't know. Uh, is is not loose, but he's noticed a little bit of seeping, and he said keep an eye on it. Um, that's probably because I, the lat, the first owner of this bike that put like 70, 70 hours on it did entirely 100% road, uh, without any sort of like, um, uh, crush socket, crush sprocket, uh, installed. So, you know, you've got a lot of vibration going directly into the, the counter shaft, whatever that thing is. So there's quite a, so a small seeping link that you want to take care of leak. And then the second issue actually is the real issue is that, um, the, the, the beta 500 is a, a single cylinder, obviously. But um, the oil and the transmission fluid reservoirs are separate, which is kind of nice. You can have, um, you know, uh, 500 cc in one side, of, uh, an ml, and then 800 ml on the other side. Um, when I got the bike, it was leaking out of the oil drain plug. Beta, of course they do. They sell an HD drain plug upgrade, which is a, a tap and die set and a big fat um I think is the oil plug drain, I think it's only torque spec to like 10 newton meters and the guy over torqued it. So it was leaking. So I had that replaced. And then now this year, uh, I took the bike out of storage and the, the skid plate was full of, um, transmission oil. 
So I um, pulled it, drained it. I bought a new drain plug with a new O-ring from Beta thinking, hey, maybe there's something. The threads were a little bit, eh. Installed that, refilled the thing. A day later, I come downstairs and like there's already five or six drops in the ground. And as you guys know, um, the the oil as it heats up, the viscosity um, drops. It gets thinner, which means that when I'm running the beta, it leaks like crazy. It's just drip, drip, drip. So, um, God, f- freaking enduro problems. So I'm 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 trailering the bike over to Whitehall uh, on Friday. I'm leaving it with him uh, with Barnstormers, and um, he's going to be doing the. Um, uh, the, the heavy duty drain plug upgrade on the transmission side now and probably looking at the counter shaft leak as well, which is just, uh, just a bummer, man. And the thing is, I know, I know that I could, a local place machine shop could do like a, a, a tap and die sort of, you know, thing. But I had, um, but I had a, a, a two local you know, KTM shops. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't retap a, a hole or helicoil. So I don't, I don't know, but the barnstormer guy did great work. Um, so yeah, that's that. Uh, so the beta is of course back in the shop again because enduro things, um, Heather is, um, going to start riding in like two weeks. She needs to get her bike registered and New Hampshire has no vehicle registrations right now. So she's riding with a temporary plate that was put on her bike in October. So, uh, but the 750, I just ordered a, um, a side stand enlarger for it and a larger brake pedal for that. So you guys will see some 750 videos really soon from Alt Rider and Toratech. Again, I'm paying full price for this stuff, no sponsorships or anything. Um, so that'll be that. And then the uh, GS will have uh, the OEM headers back on it. And then we're kind of, the year has started, hopefully. What have I missed? Sorry, guys. Um, just reading, sorry. Yeah, and I think once Max BMW reopens up, I'm going to go down there and maybe shoot a few videos. Um, one of the 900 XR, um, one with the, um, um, F850 GS adventure, just cause I want to see how it feels. Uh, cause I really like Heather's bike a lot, but I, I don't know if I could trade the 1200 for a 850. I just don't think I could do that myself, but I do want to experience one. Um, and I'd like to sit on a, um, just sit on a, a double R 2020, but, I test rode a 2018 S1000R, and um, my stomach's just too big. I couldn't I couldn't lean over. It's like when you, <laughs> I grew up in Florida. There's all these really huge fat guys riding um, riding sport bikes around Southern Florida. <laughs> it's like just just the, that the whole culture of the extended swing arms, no helmet, a white t-shirt, white tank top, on like a you know an R1 just hooning down the beach uh and you, the guy weighs like 250 pounds and i'm i weigh 250 but I, that's why i don't i don't get on an s1000 double r um it's just not for me but yeah the xr is, is is exciting and also the um f850 gs adventure uh, i haven't ridden a k16 uh so i want to ride one of those and of course once the r18 come out as soon as there's one that i can demo i'd like to hop on one of those and ride it around as well Okay, I've gone 43 minutes. I think I've gone long enough. You guys have got to be tired of this face by now. Um, for those of you that are curious, behind me is my house. Uh, it's a 700-square-foot um, bungalow is technically what it's called. It was a, a two-season house that I bought uh, in 2016 and gutted it completely, even removed like half the exterior walls. Um, and so you're looking at my uh, living room, and you're looking at my bathroom, and you're looking at my kitchen. 
and bedroom uh, and pantry right right there. And then over here is uh, stairs. So super tiny house. Um, I, I don't know if it's like a it's a stretch. I don't know if it's like a millennial thing, but I've never really wanted a big house. Um, I do know that if I ever have kids, uh, this house is going to become a rental and um, I'll, I'll get a place that I can put kids in. The only thing I actually want is not a larger living space, but a larger workspace. Um, you know, and we have a lot of problems right now, probably because we don't have kids. Um, we, we have no kids, but we have four cars and five bikes. And so, um, I'd like a big, huge work garage to, to work out of. And that's kind of the, the only thing I want right now. I actually don't want more space in the house. I want more space for my stuff and, uh, tools and that kind of stuff. So that's the biggest problem we have right now with this place is only 0.3 acres, but the problem with lakefront property is you really can't get a lot in New Hampshire. There's thousands of lakes in New Hampshire and they're all developed. And so uh, to get this place for what we paid for it, uh, it's just stupid. Um, and last thing I want to mention, just some little, just minor housekeeping before I sign off since there's no more questions. Um, the podcast is, um, not on hiatus. I just don't like talking about myself and, um, you know, Heather was on two episodes and, I don't think she wants to come back until she's back on her bike and has some stories to tell about, you know, because the, the whole Heather Rides series I think is really exciting and people really liked it a lot. Um, we can't do Heather Rides unless Heather is riding. So once she gets back on the bike and we go on a few rides together, um, she'll have more to talk about as a new rider. Uh, she had expressed interest in going to the BMW Performance Center in May to do the women's um, training that they're offering, which was a crazy deal. I think it was like 700 bucks with discounts. Um and they pick you up at the hotel. It includes includes the hotel, includes food, and it also included uh, one of their rental bikes. You can do a low F750, a G310, a R1200, whatever you want. Um, but that was canceled as well due to the COVID-19. So uh, I think the Heather Rides thing is going to pick back up once she's doing that. But right now, back to the podcast, I'm going to be mailing this to my first guest um, in a couple of days. It's going to be my first time doing a remote podcast uh, so where I'll be recording on this mic and he'll be recording on this microphone and then we're going to merge them later in post-production. I don't know how it's going to go, but we're going to try. And if it goes really well, um, I want to start adding, setting up interviews at different companies that I like a lot. So I want to mail this to like Clearwater. I want to mail this to Sergeant Seat, to, um, to Twisted Throttle, to uh, um, Rider, Jesse Luggage, uh, you know, people that climb, uh, Arrow Stitch. There's all kinds of companies that I, I like a lot that I want to mail this podcasting setup to and have them record with me. And so that'll be kind of a summer project um, to keep me busy with all the shit going on in the world. Okay. I've talked long enough. I think you guys are tired of me too. Thank you for tuning in. Seriously. Uh, well, there's 12 of you. Holy shit. <laughs> um, no, seriously. Thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in. I, I guess the only thing I'll mention is that, you know, it's um, I, I think the ability right now to collect a paycheck for those of us that are working remotely or doing jobs that are internet, internet based, uh, or we're just on contracts where, where they're not able to fire us. Um, that's only part of the blessing right now, you know, for, for you know, this is really specifically for Americans. Um, you know, even though I'm fed and housed and I have a paycheck coming in, Man, this sucks. It sucks to um, you know not be able to visit your friends and family. Uh, if one of my family members gets sick, I can't go see them. I can't, you know, I can't go to a hospital easily. Um, you know, I can't travel. All my family is in Florida. I, I have no, none of my family is in New Hampshire. Um, 
you know, and there's also kind of the social just sort of isolation and how it gets to you. Um, so I, I know that, you know, I'm like other humans, you know, I'm not a robot, I'm not an alien. So, you know, uh, I know you're all going through the same shit right now. Some of you have jobs, some of you don't, um, it blows. So I, I think in my, what rallies am I attending video? If you go to the last five minutes of that video, it's like two months old now, but I mentioned this a little bit, but just, you know, the, the, the one thing I'm trying to sign off on with these videos is uh, a reminder to all of us to be good to each other. Um, you know, if someone like cuts you off in traffic or cuts you in line at the store and you know does something that you would consider to be like un uncivilized, just know that they're probably having a worse day than you. And we've got to be understanding that some people like have lost someone, have lost their job, is sick, has lost their whole savings, and uh, you know it's it's people are going through things in different ways. And so if someone is uncool to you, don't take it so personally. Just brush it off. Just know that uh, you know you're 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 you know we're all kind of in this together. Um, and with that, I hope you all have a great week. Um, warm weather is coming. Just be safe out there. And uh, yeah, ride safe. Okay, I'm gonna shut down the stream for now. Shut on the podcast for now. Uh, I'll talk to you all later. Good night. Oh, good night, Sylvain. Thanks for coming in. Night, Doug. Um, night, everyone. And uh, I'm gonna click end stream right now. It worked. It worked. <laughs>